You're listening to AI Proficiency, turning tomorrow into today, a podcast dedicated to sharing the knowledge and language of artificial intelligence in the Department of Defense. Join us as we discuss the passion projects of some of today's brightest minds and how artificial intelligence is being cultivated, procured, and delivered throughout the U.S. government. Be prepared to learn how artificial intelligence has become a part of the everyday life and is working to support and further government missions. Hello, everyone. My name is Tom Suter. I am the CEO of the Advanced Technology Academic Research Center, and welcome to the inaugural uh, AI Proficiency, Turning Tomorrow into Today podcast series. Really excited about this. And my first guest is actually one of the co-creators of this concept. Uh, Bonnie Evangelista, who is uh, the Tradewind Execution Lead at the DOD Chief Digital and Artificial Intelligence Office. Welcome, Bonnie. Thank you, Tom. This is super exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. Uh, before we get into what we're trying to do with this podcast, maybe we can kind of talk a little bit about what's the CDAO and then also what is Tradewind for those of folks out there that don't really have a familiarity with it. Sure. The CDAO, Chief Digital and AI Office, was formally stood up this past year. It's a conglomerate of some former DOD organizations, the Joint Artificial Intelligence Center, the Jake being one of them. That's my former organization. The Chief Data Office and the Advana organization, as well as Defense Defense Digital Services, all of us are trying to work together, make some moves in the Department of Defense in terms of delivering bleeding edge capabilities to end users and soldiers. Just like most organizations or most startups, it's a little clunky right now, but we, you know, we're learning how to lean on each other's strengths to build momentum. And I think that's part of like the purpose of this podcast and what we're here to do today is um, you know, we're working with our, our partners across the aisle, um, whether it's for messaging and, and training and workforce to, in order to expand outreach, help not just acquisition professionals, but DOD professionals understand what is AI, how do you do that? And I think part of using this medium is us recognizing that you you can't just go to traditional academic classes and learn these things. Sometimes you you need to hear about it in multiple mediums or you need to do something hands on keyboard, do something a little bit differently to start to break apart, break apart or break down some of these concepts that might seem foreign or unfamiliar to us. With that, you know, that's also kind of the, the genesis of Tradewind as well. So Tradewind was a Jake initiative. Um, it was started uh, when it, it kind of started before I had joined the Jake. There were a core group of people who were spearheading it. And then I kind of took it and ran with it. It's more of a concept. It's an, it's an enabling concept more than it is a thing. I think people, part of where we got it wrong in terms of messaging at the beginning of Tradewind was everyone thought it was a thing. Is it an other transaction agreement? Is it a consortium? Like, what is it? It's more of like an implementation vehicle or platform where we are showcasing um, either rapid acquisition contracting pathways or an eco- a collaborative ecosystem or things like this podcast, like like all of it, it's a, it's a center and it's a core where people can go to, to find, to, to ultimately try something different, to get a, a different end state. Yeah, I think the purpose of Tradewind, it is 
in itself was an OTA. So it's it's meant to be piloted in, in, in transition. Maybe we right. can also step back a little bit for those of, in government contracting, just a little bit about an OTA and how that's changed the last few years, the usage of it. Uh, I know they've been around a long time, but it, you know we've seen a proliferation of them. Maybe you can describe some of the benefits and features of an OTA. Other transaction authority is one of the, to me, one of the most fundamental and incredible mechanisms available to the Department of Defense. It's incredibly flexible, it's incredibly agile, and it's incredibly, there's an ability to create your own journey. So if you have a unique thing going on or circumstance, like OTAs can accommodate that because you're you're not bound by the traditional procurement contract regulations. Um, there's good and bad to that. I'm not saying use that OTAs for everything. I'm just saying when it, when the need arises, OTAs can be very powerful. Unfortunately, though, most of our workforce is not using the, the maximum potential of OTA, in my opinion. That create your own journey part, people are creating a journey that looks and feels a lot like traditional procurement contracting. And, and that's, that's, that's another thing I think we're trying to address in terms of like our acquisition culture. Um, why are we doing these things? Like, why are we still creating the same pathways that we know aren't giving us different answers, things like that. No, I totally agree. I mean, it's almost like, I, I know in World War II, we built the Pentagon in 18 months. Can you imagine building the largest, it was the largest office building in the world at the time in 18, 18 months. And, uh, you know, you had to do things contingency contracting wise. Now it takes about 18 months to get a memo out in the DOD. So I, th- I really like this how do you think it helps like a non-traditional? Because before it's, a, you know, this long cycle and we have all the familiar players that usually win awards, large ones. How do you think an OTA yeah. help a non-traditional? OTAs are meant to lower barriers and increase transparency and in, and increase lead times. They, they are meant to do all of those. I believe they are meant to do all those things. What happens is the people in practice, though, are not, for whatever reason, whether it's they don't feel empowered to do that or they're not comfortable with it because they've never done it a different way, they're not allowing those benefits to actually come to fruition. So those are the things that we tackle in Tradewind. This podcast series was done with an OTA. I think we did it in a matter of weeks in terms of arranging the business deal and stuff like that. So leveraging Truly leveraging commercial best practices and creating business deals is like at the center of what we try to embody and tr- with Tradewind and try to show the workforce like the art of the possible and, and make, making the workforce feel confident that they can use these mechanisms and it's, it's, it can be very enabling to their mission sets. That's fantastic. And what, what kind of procurements went through Tradewind in the last, you know, over the last you know, year plus, what kind of procurements actually went through? I know you did a lot of them. Yeah, we, so the the very first year, there was a lot of learning going on in the very first year of Tradewind. We were actively looking for early adopters to kind of try some of these novel, either business practices or workflows that, you know, we thought might be game changers or at least even streamline lead times or even like flattening, I'll say the contracting chain of command, you know, so that we're, we're not, we're reducing layers within the process and stuff like that. So a lot of the initial, I would say the first like 10 or so projects were very mission oriented. So external to the Jake, because it was within the Jake at the time. Uh, we were working with the test resource management center. We were working with some units 
at the Navy, Space Force, and all of this was done through networking and personal relationships, someone knowing of someone who had a need and they were open to a new path. So we took those lessons learned and then we, we pivoted a little bit and we, we got a little bit more aggressive with um, our outreach and um, taking a little bit more control over those actual rapid acquisition paths. Because even, even for me that first year, it was, it was still too familiar and it wasn't game changing enough. It wasn't, we weren't disrupting the traditional procurement box enough, in my opinion. So we, we really started trying some new things we, and we had a lot more and we were transitioning to CDAO. So we had a lot more customers now, even internally, like our, I think our primary customer had changed from just a small Jake AI setting to a more, our, our mission set expanded to digital and data. And we have a lot of directorates now working together. So we were working, we were establishing new relationships internally within CDAO so we had a lot of projects that might have been related to the COCOM through our algorithmic warfare friends and partners. We have projects at the unit level with we're working intimately with the 18th Airborne Corps right now. And then we have some other projects with USASOC. And, and then we still have right now we've got a little bit of a grassroots thing going on. People are hearing about the goodness or they're, you know, people who are kind of coming into Tradewind right now, they're telling their friends and they're like, Hey, I think I know somebody who could use this. And so we're, we're, and we still get a lot of that external interest. So we have to, right now we're being a little bit choosy on who we take on and, and it has to have an intent or a purpose. Like, are we, are we piloting a new practice? Are we trying a different contracting structure? Like to see what the art of the possible is, stuff like that. I will say in the first, I would say six months of Tradewind. So we saw like maybe one project get awarded. We were still, it was like the ramp up was slow. It was long or in six months doesn't sound long, but that's, that's too long for me. And then after that, the next six months, there was about 12 projects and we did about $31 million in awards. And then the la the past six months. So from about May through the end of the, this past fiscal year, we did 22 projects um, with a total of $87.8 million. So it's like it's trending in the right direction and now like for me the challenge is in order to scale it has to go beyond our small team you know we need others to look and feel and see you know where where success you know and build upon this success you know where they see success and where they think they can fit into the puzzle piece yeah so what do you think you know i know the cdao is kind of like like you said they're they're getting their story together. It's taking a lot of disparate organizations and putting them into one organization. We'll probably see some things here at the beginning of the new year. Where do you think, you know, what, what's the future of, of Tradewind? What, you know, I, I know you talked a little bit about it, but what real areas do you want to see the program get into? I'd like to see the policy element of CDAO, whether that's from like yeah. the acquisition directorate perspective or like the CDO at large, become more integrated into what Tradewind is doing. So the whole point of Tradewind was to impact policy. That's why we're OSD. That's like we're, we don't, it's it's a little funky that we have acquisition authority at the OSD level. Um, the genesis of it was um, from Jake, but it was carried over to CDAO. And so there can be goodness that comes from that. And we're, you know, we're like SOCOM or Cyber Command in that we have acquisition authority, but we're unlike them where we don't own requirements. That's 
I think the policy integration is where this starts to scale and impact the services. So in order, you know, Tradewind is not going to, in order for Tradewind to actually see large impact, we have to start generating policy that makes sense based on the lessons learned that we, that is being basically, you know, uh, culminated within the Tradewind environment platform like that. So to me, that's, that's unnecessary. Um, also, <clears throat> next thing I will say, the next big challenge for Tradewind to tackle is um, more on the acquisition front, the transition piece. So when trade, so Tradewind's getting really good at buying things when you need them, which is phenomenal. And But now how do we carry that forward to delivery to soldiers and sustainment and stuff like that? How do we transition you know the the program offices that have the resources to do that to do that very thing that they're good at. Yeah, we do a lot of, uh, of OTAs and, and experiments and pilots. It's how do you get that to production? I think that'll be a, definitely a great focus. Yeah. It's a hard problem to do, but it, it'll be a great focus. And I think that you know your vision of aligning with all the policymakers and the people that own some of these systems uh, will really help that transition. Uh, I have no doubt that the U.S. is making the best technology with the best AI, just applying it to our, our use cases. So, uh, well, in, in kind of in closing, where do you see this was, you know, I know you're one of the co-creators of this concept. Where do you see this podcast? I know we were going to, you know, reach a lot of the traditional folks in the military and civilian agencies that are really dealing with AI. But where do you where do you really see this podcast series going? I would like to see this be more of like a forum or a meeting place for diversity of thought. And, you know, it's wonderful to, to meet with and, and bring voices to the table that we're, we know and are familiar with, whether that's in, within government or, or some of those industry partners that, you know, are just everyone knows are in the space. But I, I want to go beyond that. Like, there's a lot of interesting conversation happening because AI is so cross-cutting, right? It impacts every part of our lives. Everyone's talking about it. And I think bringing some of those voices to the table and hearing perspectives that we've not heard before or, or maybe aren't as familiar with is really impactful. Um, and it, and it, it provokes, you know, mind, you know, things in your mind, uh, good thought, thought experiments, potentially even like dual use types of things. Like, is there things going on in a setting I've never even considered relevant to me that I could use in a military setting. Like there's stuff like that is it's just a breeding ground of conversation and voices all with the same core of like everyone is talking about AI. And so I'd like it to be not just a government setting, but more it, bigger than that. Like this is meant to be where conversation can meet at a crossroads almost in, in any setting. Well, thank you, Bonnie, for doing this. This has been a great chat to kick things off. I'm very excited. Thank you. No, thank you. Looking forward to more. So that was the Bonnie Evangelista, Tradewind Execution Lead for the DoD Chief Digital and Artificial Intelligence Office. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of AI Proficiency, turning tomorrow into today. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, and share this podcast within your network. 
these actions move mountains for our mission of sharing artificial intelligence knowledge. Thanks again and see you next week on our next episode of AI Proficiency, turning tomorrow into today.